Social Conversations. Hey, teamers, uh, welcome to it. 2222, that's the time on the clock. My name is uh, Patricia Nongulek Omandula, and with me on the team, Lyle Peterson, who's shaking his head and saying, Patricia, you love the music, don't you? <laughs> At least we've kept you happy on this public holiday. Um, and Brabenzito Ricotzo is also with us, and he's our content producer, making sure that I smile before the smile goes on because oh, there isn't much to smile about. But here we are. Uh, 18 is we're going to have a conversation right now with uh, Francois Yoon, who's a director and professor of international human rights law at the Center for Human Rights at the University of Pretoria. We are talking about LGBTQI plus rights um, and the African Union uh, watchdog, which is going back on its own word. We know that in Africa, there's a lot of uh, uh, contrasting, um, you know, uh, uh, governments when it comes to how LGBTQI plus community is viewed, the likes of Uganda, you know, uh, people don't feel free to live according to what they want to live and uh, choose to be um, because laws are so oppressive. Let's welcome Professor Franz Filsjoen. Thank you very much for joining us, Prof. Good uh, evening and thank you very much, uh, Patricia. Prof, when we look at uh, LGBTQI plus rights, today being human rights, uh, these are rights that we don't always uh, advocate for or put forward, especially in the African context. It's almost like it's something new to the African context. Where are we currently sitting? Are most of the 54 African states open and freely permitting those in this community to live? <laughs> Thank you very much. Yes, I think it, it 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 remains a very contested area, particularly in in the continent as a whole. And um, you know, just to link it back to the specific issue, you know, the denial of observer status by this watchdog, the African Commission on Human and People's Rights, and the Commission invoked the the notion of African values. So, so that in a sense is um, what I would take issue with, because to say that there is um, the agreement, there is a specific, um, uh, you know, a crystallized value that we can call homophobia or at least restrictive uh, um, heteronormativity. That would just be plain wrong. Because if you look at the countries that actually criminalize same-sex consensual adult relationships, 40% of the African continent, 40% of African countries do not criminalize. And we've seen a tendency to decriminalize. We've seen that in Botswana. We've seen that in Angola. We've seen that in Mozambique, Seychelles, you know, Gabon. So, um, that I think clearly uh, would be uh, the first issue for me. The second issue, the other reason why the um, African Commission was uh, deciding to not grant observer status to NGOs who work in sexual orientation, gender identity issues, is that it, it basically said, but the charter, the African charter, which is our, our continental bill of rights, if you like, the African Commission um, pronounced itself and said that the African Charter does not protect um, sexual orientation because it is not there explicitly. But that is just, again, totally wrong. Because in 2014, this very same commission adopted a resolution in which it um, set out obligations on states 
uh, to ensure that the state does not violate, does not um, commit violence against anyone on the basis of sexual orientation or gender identity, or that private actors who do that would be brought to justice. So again, there clearly is um, already uh, kind of a precedent within the continental watchdog, this uh, kind of normative framing of the issue by the commission that that um, acknowledges that sexual orientation and hence uh, kind of the the title of of the the article uh, you know um, patricia that that the commission is really going back on its own position or its own word so what can be done to protect the rights of the lgbtqi plus uh, community especially when it seems like uh, the commission is going back on its own word well, you know, there I, I suppose we are really putting our focus on South Africa itself. Um, the uh, three NGOs that had been now denied observer status, they were not the first. There was also the Coalition of African Lesbians, uh, you may know, a South African-based, uh, Johannesburg-based NGO that works for, you know, the rights of women, works against uh, violence against women, and and that NGO was granted observer status um, in 2015, but the executive council. So the commission, this watchdog, reports to an African Union organ, which is the ministers of foreign affairs. And when it presented its report, and in the report it said, "Oh, we granted observer status to the coalition of African lesbians," the ministers then said, "No, you have to reverse that." And eventually, the commission, you know, now if it would reverse its decision to have granted observer status to coalition of African lesbians, it would uh, shoot itself in the foot. It would become less independent or autonomous. So it it resisted that, but eventually it kind of gave in. And our point is that South Africa, as a government, together with many like-minded governments in that executive council, uh, you know, among those ministers of foreign affairs, should make its voice heard. That, you know, this issue is not about same-sex relationships. This is not about... Um, same-sex marriage, obviously, it is only about association. It is the right of an NGO to actually go to a forum where all NGOs in the African continent are represented, and it would then have uh, a voice. It would be able to give a voice to the concerns that it may raise. Um, so, you know, to deny that to any uh, grouping just because of the issues of sexual orientation or gender identity um, doesn't make any sense. <laughs> yeah, talking about sexual orientation, Professor Phil uh, um you know, and and the discrimination thereof of those in the LGBTQIA plus community, it's something that becomes so apparent. Um, even uh, they they to 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 say the 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 people in this community live in fear. Is, is something that I think we all can't overlook. So in the light of this, is the commission willing to up, you know, almost more talks, education, protection of rights and protection of, 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 of dignity of people within the LGBTQIA plus community? So, so yes, Patricia, I think that, you know, the, the, clearly from what I said and from what you also um, intimated, the position of the Commission is really contradictory because, you know, on the one hand, it had adopted this, this resolution that says very clearly states uh, should combat violence against people on the basis of their sexual orientation. They should bring perpetrators of violence to book. <laughs> and in fact, earlier this year, there was a murder, uh, uh, hate crime, based on someone's um, sexual orientation in Kenya. And the commission 
made a statement and denounced that and called on the state to you know engage in you know a very active investigation and bringing the perpetrators to justice but on the other hand the commission now has this stifling approach to not allow um civil society organizations who work on lgbtiq plus issues to um, enter into the fray. I may just add that even in its last session, like a few days ago, the commission also adopted a resolution on intersex persons. And, you know, this is part of what we talk about here. Clearly, the commission, I think, draws a distinction between intersex persons and, you know, gay, lesbian and trans persons, because they have now adopted a resolution that says the rights of intersex persons needs to be promoted and protected. So I, I read it as a, a space under contestation. And so I would say that NGOs, civil society organizations that work in this field should really commit themselves fully because um, this is the moment when, you know, the direction I think will be crystallizing. And in that process, we need to get South Africa on board as an ally. And that unfortunately has not happened at the African Union level. Very saddening that uh, this is not happening because if uh, the African Union is for Africans, all Africans should be included when it comes to protection of rights and uh, their liberation and uh, fairness to movement. In your closing comments, uh, Professor Felion, what do you suggest should be done? And maybe uh, there should be a mass mobilization of uh, those in the LGBTQIA plus community across the continent. I don't know. Yes, I, I think that is true. But, you know, I, I think that it's also about framing the issues correctly. Yeah. We saw in Kenya very recently there was a case, again, about exactly the same issue, right? It's about an NGO who works on LGBTIQ plus issues that was denied registration by the coordinating board of NGOs. And the highest court in Kenya, the Supreme Court, only two, two weeks or so ago, found that that violated the Kenyan constitution. So clearly, you know, the association is something that needs to be protected. However, that gave rise to a lot of um, backlash, so to say, right? People, you know, just started to, to bring in issues of bestiality and same-sex marriage and so on. And it's about, you know, I think we have to do, and LGBTIQ plus movements have to do a better job at framing the issues more clearly because um, prejudice and intolerance come from ignorance mostly. Um, and, and I think if one can 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 make this point, I, I, I like to, maybe that would be my concluding thought, um, you know, in terms of how one can frame this. I think we should be very clear that there is nothing special about sexual orientation or gender identity. We all have it. We all have a sexual orientation or a gender identity. And all that, that needs to happen here and all that the Commission is asked to be doing is to say the principle of non-discrimination also applies to sexual orientation. So whether you are homosexual or bisexual or you know heterosexual, whether you're transgender or cisgender, um, everyone has a sexual orientation. And so the discourse is often, oh, but um, there is this quest for special rights. What are these special rights for sexual orientation? No, sexual orientation is just an innate human characteristic. And all that this movement tries to establish is the principle of non-discrimination being applied to, uh, to that as well. Thank you so very much for joining us, uh, Professor Franz Fulhoun. Uh, great pleasure having this conversation. Thank you so much and a good evening to your listeners and to yourself. Bye-bye.